Hi, dear folks. Welcome to another episode of the Dad Bought Bible Real Men Talk, where I get to chat with guys that I respect or guys that can hold a good conversation about topics that I want to talk about. Today, I've got a good friend of mine on, Darren McKeown. He's um, another trainer who's got a very similar mindset to me on a lot of topics. So I think today is going to be a pretty interesting conversation. It's going to be a COVID-free one on all hopes, many fingers crossed anyway. But we'll see where it goes. Anyway, Dar, do you want to give yourself a wee mention and introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, so as Paul said, my name's Dar McGeown. Uh, I am a gym owner and focus strength and conditioning in Lurgan. So I suppose that's where people would know me best from. Um, I've also got uh, South Shore Health and Wellbeing going, which is a side project aimed at building resilience and mental toughness in kids um, through the use of ecotherapy. So basically... Anything in nature, anything nature-induced, um, trying to get them into the outdoors and away from the screens and technology. So that's a that's a, a wee intro on me. So let's avoid the gym because, geez, I'm sick of talking about gyms. Everyone talks about gyms. But I really do want to delve into your venture, your new venture, because it's a topic that I'm very interested in and it's a topic that I'm very passionate about myself, even though I don't do much about it. Um, I do enjoy the outdoors myself and I understand the resilience and what made you start this in the first place? So I suppose my, my Gaelic career finished there um, a couple of years ago through injury. And um, I could see sort of developing trends in the town of Lurgan, where I'm from, where it's the same sort of versus cycle of you get kids through to maybe 15, 16 years old. And then, you know, you're lucky to pull maybe three or four of them through to senior football. And it's all a result um, of the same age bracket, bracket falling away to the social aspects that we have in Lurgan and every other town has, which is drink, drugs, whatever else. Um, now, we didn't have the opportunities that, that they had back then. and um, Or sorry, we don't have the opportunities that they have now. And we, I would just like to, to give something back to um, the sort of teens in the area and uh, I'm massively in involved on a personal level myself with nature, I get out all the time and I was uh, thinking why not just combine a passion and uh, a vision together and, and see where it goes and look, we didn't know that a, a pandemic, a global pandemic was coming and if anything our business plan as a result of this um, it's going to throw this enterprise, it's going to skyrocket it because people are going to be uh, needing it more than ever right now. Sad thing you're actually saying that. I understand where you're coming from, but it's pretty sad that we'll have to actually say, you know, that yep. business like yours is going to skyrocket simply because the social aspect of just the world. Yeah, you're, you're, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, mate. Um, it is, it's a sad reality, but... I suppose the, the positive message that you can take from it is over the last year, I'm sure you've seen it yourself from a fitness point of view, you've seen more families walking together on the roads and around the parks. You've seen people do stuff that they've never previously done. And, you know, it's I think it's exposed what we really crave. And that, that's connection, that's nature, that's togetherness. Now, people aren't, people aren't missing out on the materialistic shit anymore. They've realised that it holds no real value. It might be monetary value, but it holds no it ho holds no sort of spiritual value. And uh, I think people have found out now um, the last year that, you know, what really matters to them. And uh, they should definitely be looking at continuing this trend going forward. And so tell me, is it um, mainly young males or are you doing females? Is it a mixture of both or what is it? We started out. 
we started out aiming at the teens right right across the board so male and female teens was uh, the initial uh, niche because like i said you could see them and going down paths that we all went down ourselves but at the time we had nobody to really get us out of it bar, bar ourselves you know and, and what we all found out the hard way you know we all like a high percentage of people go down the the route of drinking drugs and stuff so we had nobody to really uh, pull us out of it but um started aiming it off at teenagers and stuff like that but parents started coming on the walks as a you know as guides to help to help uh, me and a couple of leaders along we needed we needed a certain uh adult to child ratio and as a result of that the parents started saying i would we would love to do this you know uh, me and me and my mates would love to do this as people in their 30s or 40s or 50s so we ended up, you know, it's, we've, we've opened it right out now and we've, we're, we're taking adult groups and everything. Now, obviously, at the minute with the restrictions, everything's up the left. Um, we've, we've managed to get ourselves funding um, over the last year and we need to be seen um, to be using that funding. So we're running um, a lot of like mindfulness courses and yoga courses, but they're all done by, by Zoom. And yes, it's helping people, but it's going against our message, which is, you know, get away from the screen. We're like, yeah. I, I just, I can't understand. Um, I know I don't want to go off on conspiracy theory straight away, but I am so convinced that, that this is a war on health, mate. This is, it's a war on health. It's a, it's a war on spirituality, you know? There is absolutely no doubt in my mind. Here's the thing. You mentioned the word spirituality. Now, now it's getting a bit better, but automatically people think, woo-woo, you know, oh, the scientists, if not scientists back, if it can't be proven by science, therefore it's not good for you, therefore it's not it's not worth investigating. The reality is we know that alternative medicines were simply known as medicine until the Rockefellers came in in the 50s and changed the yeah. pharmaceutical companies. So there is, there's, there's definitely a disconnect in society today. And yeah. I think it's because we've removed the spirituality element of Humanity, no. Health, uh, health doesn't sell. Yeah, talk to Ben Davis the other day, and we're talking. About... No, it doesn't. Do big pharma, big farmers don't make money of us being healthy, do they? No. So, so you know, take from what you will. Um, it's 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 a, the bottom line is health does not sell. It doesn't. It, it's wolf. It's and the quote that they as brothers, it's wolf tickets that you're being sold. Um, you know, why can you not take a holistic, a holistic approach to your health? Why can you not look at bo boosting your immune system the natural ways? Why are, why are we relying on strangers on government figures to sell us a magic pill that doesn't exist? That's that's sort of where I'm coming from. Uh, like uh, Gail, my partner, she is the ultimate hippie, and yep. she's into essential oils at the moment. And I was taking the piss clean out of her about them, genuinely. You know how screwed my hips are. Everyone doesn't like to keep on talking about it. But um, she gave, she gave me she made up this oil. I don't know what the hell it is, but she put it into a carrier oil. I rubbed it onto my hips, and literally three four hours later, I was squatting for the first time in months. Like when I say yeah. squatting, I mean I was able to do bodyweight squats without pain. Do you know I, I I have to sort of fall in the seat now. I was squatting, lifting my leg up higher than everything lifted for. It's blown me away just how much of an effect this had. Now listen, see if someone says to me, I oh, show me the science. I'm going to say, no, I don't have the science. And to be honest, I don't really care about the science. Mm -hmm. I know how I feel. I know what pain, level of pain I'm in. And I know the difference that made to me. And then if you want to go science, well, apparently the uh, essential oils are being brought into hospitals now because it's the only thing that's killing the MSRA, MSRA bug. Yeah. So there's, well, there's, you, there's, there's papers out in that. If you look at the majority mm -hmm. of... 
if you look at the majority of modern medicine, you will see where 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 it all comes from. You know, the, the majority of it is from from plants and, and herbal properties. And just recently, we were out doing a, a field study with a mate who is a he, he's a bushcraft expert and went around Peatlands Park and we took uh, took the old medicinal books with us. And he was identifying plants and stuff for me and and, and showing me where traditional medicines have have now um you know been overshadowed by by pharmaceutical companies and they're the big pharma are, are practically rewriting the history of medicine. Um you know they're they're trying to shut down all these herbal all these herbal medicines. That's the sad they see what you say they're rewriting. <clears throat> we are now we're in a level of of the, the world society where our intelligence is higher than it's ever been before. But if we're such intelligent people, how come we only accept something that's backed by a certain element of science. Because let, let's be honest, the science these days, science is bought. I don't care if you yeah. believe it or not. You know, they, they, we looked at the, we look at the current climate we're in, the amount of scientists that are spouting swear as one certain side of a narrative, and they also yeah. happen to have received 200, 300 million from another certain person who happens to be the leading expert in the world, even though he's no scientific degrees. Yeah. So, like, me and Stacey were talking about this today. It's people, the majority of people, even with the, the knowledge and the, the sort of wealth of intelligence that they have, they want to go down the route of the comfortable narrative. They don't want to expose themselves to the hard truth because it upsets their, it upsets their balance of life. The, the, the me, a lot of people, prefer to live in fairy tale land because they know it's comfortable but they don't want to face the harsh realities that the world is at times a bad and a sinister place i think i think uh if you go back a thousand years ago life was very short it was rough it was hard it was ruthless it was out of balance do you know yet yeah. and then we came to today and for at one point, there was probably some sort of semblance of balance, but now we've went the complete other side of the spectrum <clears throat> in the sense that the bacteria we now know about, we know about cures, we know how to, how to manage a lot of things, our life expectancies went up, but our ability to cope with traumatic events, our ability to cope with what life throws at us has come so low and it's been conditioned. I definitely believe it's been conditioned over the last 20, 30 years through Facebook, social media, newspapers, whatever, the media. Yeah. It's all making us making us stupider. You know, they, like I said with Ben, why did they ban the psychedelic drugs but keep the, the mind-opening drugs but keep the ones that suppress our consciousness or suppress our vibrational energy? Why are they yeah. legal but the ones that raise them are illegal? Like that well, alone should quite the question. Terence McKenna has the best quote on that there. He says, psychedelics are the antidote to fear. So you cannot put fear into someone who is fully spiritually aware, you know, where they have accepted that we are just, we're, we're literally just in a, in a realm of consciousness now. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that we're just experiencing one, one state We're we're, we're, we're going to go somewhere else. Um, there, this is just a, a certain level of experience and that we're of experience that we're we're having right now. So, tell me this: this is something I've been asking a lot of people. I don't get this dog in the bed, Jackson. Bed. He's doing my head in. Um, I I was diehard atheist, right? Mm -hmm. 
COVID has made me reevaluate my <laughs> beliefs. And I know I'm not the only one. Like, literally, I know uh, on top of my head, seven diehard atheists as hard as me. Yeah. Like, you know what I was like? I was, fuck you, Jesus. I don't give a fuck. It's a load of bullshit. Yeah. I have now come to the realization that spirituality is more important than physicality. Do you know, you need to be, well, I, 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 who said it? Uh, we're not humans. We're conscious. David Hank, is it think we're consciousness having the human experience? You're, you're, that, you're, you're going down rabbit holes if you're starting to quote David Icke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, the man, yeah. the, the yeah. I always say, like, see if you're, see if you're being, being ridiculed to the point he is. Yeah. You're over the target. There's so there's you're definitely over the target because he's he's been shown to be right. Oh, he's been shown to be wrong in a lot of things. Like that's nothing that. But no. I think the problem with the media is the media lacks on the one said is wrong, but he was said a lot of things that are right. He's closer to the truth than, than a lot of people. And um on the on the religious thing, you're you're onto something there because again, we have talked about uh, me and Stacey have talked about this before. People who and um, before we mightn't have that, like say a religious has, who we might not have previously had that much in common with, they are seeing this play out exactly the same way as what we are. They like they believe that this vaccine and stuff is, you know, mark of the devil and, and all this here. Now, without going that far, religion is a, you know, it's a, it's a social construct put in place to give people some level of control. And what we're experiencing at the minute is just total and utter chaos. So, I suppose if you're clutching on the religion or you're clutching on the spirituality, wh- wh- whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna delve into or whatever you wanna call it, I think we're all we're all just trying to grab onto whatever bit of normality that we can. And uh, religion is a, a sort of a perfect way of going about that because at the minute, see, see with current society and with people arguing over the stuff they're arguing about with. You know, we, we've, we literally don't have any control anymore, and without control, it's just pure chaos. You know, it's like on we we aren't built for for constant chaos. You know, it's if if you're to, to go back and and look at uh, times gone by, chaos doesn't serve well in society. We uh, I think what's happened to us is as humans, we've evolved too fast. You know, we are not designed. Our our mindset, our our structure, our head. It's not designed to cope with 7.8 billion on a planet. We're yeah. designed to work in tribes of 150 people where everyone knows each other's names, where everyone knows who everyone is. We have this sense of belonging. And okay. through no fault of anyone, just like the way the world is, we're being separated, we're being, we're being broke apart. And have I you, don't think our can handle it. Have you read uh, Tribes, Sebastian Younger? It's, um, uh, I yeah, I think I have. It's it's similar to lost connections in terms of the the basis of humanity is all about you know tribalism and, and having a community built around you and and that's the thing you're you're talking uh, you're talking first there about accessibility and, and how quick we have access to things We've, we we have access to we food on our fingertips right away so you've automatically lost that instinct of having to go out and, and hunt for your food and whatever else. You, you've literally food available at any time, so you're never under any threat for that. And now, because of the internet and because of technology, we have information on our fingertips, which is blowing our minds. We're, we're, we're not built, bi- biologically, we're not built to cope, to fathom all, all of this information. That's 100% correct. It's like, uh, like we've evolved too fast. We've just literally evolved too fast. Yeah. And we don't, like, 
I think what's happened with us all. We're, 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 we're devolving. Yeah, we're devolving. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a great way of saying we are. We're, yeah. we're no longer what humans are, were. Do you know, humans, yeah. we, we've been separated by, divided by society to the point where we, we don't trust anyone. And this trust is this lack of trust. That is one of the fundamental aspects of being human. You know, if you look at the tribes in Africa and the tribes in the Amazon rainforest, they still live the way we lived a thousand, two thousand years ago. They know where they are. They trust everyone, their families. It's not like one person has the child and raises the child. The whole tribe raises the children. And it's that sense of belonging, sense of safety. Right now, we have got everything we need to touch our fingertips, except that one human need of where do I belong? Where do I fit in? What is my purpose in life? And I think yeah. when you have that on a constant basis, and then you've got the social media aspect bombarding us with just more and more bullshit, more and more like you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you need this, the marketing pushness, it it, yeah. it, it messes with our minds. And if you're a weak individual, not a weak individual, that's the wrong word. If you're um if you're an insecure individual because of your past experience, whatever, yeah. that is destructive. Yeah. Well you, you only need to look at the, the 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 biological so we're going down a rabbit hole here with sort of feminization of men and stuff. But no, you, rabbit holes. These rabbit holes need to be explored. Yeah, but um, like this isn't fucking this isn't conspiracy theory shit because scientists are actually starting to look into it now, um, and it's not just men; it's it's women too. It's our whole biological structure is starting to change as a result of uh, environmental factors. So you know the water supply, uh, the food that we're eating, um, exposure to plastics, exposure to aerosols and shampoos, and it's all down to uh, estrogenics. So. Basically, I, I first heard about this when I was coaching in Liverpool. Um, I was taking a lady who worked for a, a bottled water company, and she pointed out my water bottle on the gym floor, and she started going on about BPF-free. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm nearly sure it is. And she looked at it, and she's like, no, no, it's not. You need to watch out for this. And I was like, need to watch out for that. And we're going back here maybe 12 years. So this was all new information to me. And she says, I'm going to tell you something now that you might think I'm full of shit, but she previously worked in London, moved to Liverpool. She says, Dora, there is more female hormones, or there, there's not many female hormones in the London water supply that it's biologically changing men in London. And I was like, what? I, I, I just thought that she was complete tinfoil hotter. But I started looking into it, and I and I started looking into estrogenics and the, the um, amount that we are exposed to. And... Water supply is just one factor. Like the, the other ones mentioned, the food, the, the uh, red numbers that are in our food, uh, the plastics that our, our food comes wrapped in, and then exposure to the likes of like shampoos and uh, aerosols and things like that that we spray straight into our lymph nodes. Like they have ester they have estrogen properties in them, so they're they're biologically changing us uh, as humans and you know it's not just it's not just males that are um suffering as a result of reduced testosterone levels it's women too and and women need testosterone too you know for for muscle for uh, fat distribution for mood and psychological well-being so it's changing us as a as a species but um i actually bought a book uh, called estrogenics and um the, the a fact that stood out to me was um men in the 1940s had double the amount of testosterone that the modern man has now. Double. I actually said this to uh, who were they talking to? I was talking to someone the other day, and I actually turned and said the, the current situation we're in today would not have happened if our grandfathers had been the men of today. 
Yeah. Because they they would not they they were they were like they were regimented in their beliefs. They you know they were principled. Yeah. They they stood up and they were willing to like look at the amount of people yes. look at the amount of men went to war in World War Two and just sacrificed their lives so we could live this freedom. And now we're yeah. as men, it should be our job. And I genuinely believe as as a dad, I'm a father too, and you know look yeah. after two other kids. I need to I need to be willing to put my life on the line. To fight for these, and that's why I've lost a lot of friends because I've been very outspoken about what's happening, and I've lost yeah. a lot of friends because of it. But I Paul, there has never been a better time to enforce a tyrannical campaign uh, on the modern man as now. And you would think of the plan, wouldn't you? Oh, well, <laughs> I'll say nothing, but no, seriously. But you, you only need to look at. Um, you know, you, you, I don't know. Do you want to go into the, the toxic yeah. masculinity issue? Listen, we're one hundred percent. Let me explain something about you. You were saying it before because we're going to. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You said something earlier on there is like uh, about food, and you were talking. I won't bring it into the kids. You know how to go out hunting. I can hunt. I can pick some food. You know, I can. But I'm nowhere near skilled as my mate Martin, for example. Yeah. That that's a that's a primordial skill. That we have lost. This is and like I was actually we're watching was it the Lost Kingdom. Gail and I were watching the Lost Kingdom, and it was uh the Vikings. The girls were like doing right. I'm going away, and she was she walked into the forest and for a few days, whatever. Can you imagine a normal modern day man deciding right? I'm going to walk. Go to, I'm going to go and live in the mountain for three days. No food. No nothing. No shelter. I'm going to be able to build myself a shelter. I'm going to be able to feed myself. Going to be able to heat myself. I'm going to start a fire. No, they would die in minutes, and this is something that I'll people. Play, play but here, listen, I might mean Martin's to massive in this. Yeah. Mad Max was set in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming to that age, that year where things go shit wrong. Like, lad, no one, if you had told me in 2018, 2019, that in 2020, we were going to spend a full year under house arrest. Yeah, you laughed. You'd have just turned around and said, Wise up to yourself. If you'd have been saying things we're saying today, you'd just been laughed off the thing. There's something coming on, and there's lots of rumors yeah. about the food shortages. Of course. How, are people, how are people going to cope when, when well, we've been, been led by our hand, a hand led by by the government for so many years that we've lost the ability to look after ourselves? We may yeah. think we're men, we're not. We're we're we're, we're we're just robots. You know, there's there's serious talk of the economy crashing and inflation going through the roof, and and you know food shortages and stuff like that. So. Uh, between me, like, oh, fucking judge me whatever way you want here or whoever's listening, but between me and a couple of real close friends, we have uh, got the heads together on starting to grow our own produce and starting to um, really think about things in case the shit really does hit the fan because I'm not going to be caught wanting and I guarantee 99.9% of modern society, if it did go to say, say, say it went down the lines of no food, total blackout, and it went down to old school horsecraft skills. People would fucking, everyone would purse. There would be no survivors. Like, you know what I mean? It'd be Mad Max. Yeah. It'd, yeah. it'd be Mad Max. But, people would be fighting each other. You'd be Roman gangs, and you because people will be desperate people resort to desperate measures. And this yeah. is something that I think it, we need to be aware of. Like, people, like, I, like, I'll go back to what I just said. People thought 2020 would never happen. Mm hmm. Why are we still not learning from experiences and realizing, well, fuck, okay, maybe 2020 won't be the year of Mad Max, but maybe 2021 might be the year that I might want to learn the bushcrafts required 
in case it does turn out to be Mad Max. Yeah. You know, it's a skill, it's a proper it life to skill to learn how to look after yourself. It has to be a learning experience. I said on another Lads podcast there a couple of weeks ago, if you don't learn lessons in 2020, you'll never learn lessons. You're a fucking idiot. It, it's time to wake up and realise, mate, I am ruling absolutely nothing out going forward here. If the government can switch off the lights in our businesses for a year, they can do anything. You know, like, if if you were to, if me and you were to sit and have this conversation a year ago and we were to rhyme off a list of things that is now in place, you would go, you would call me fucking daft. you say that's never going to happen. But what has happened is we as a society have bent over and we've just been shafted and we've talked we've talk it. There's only a few people that have been vocal, like me and yourself included. And as a result of being vocal, we've been ostracized from uh, members of the public, from our friend circle. And... It's a sad, sad time when the people that are trying to get some form of truth out there and some form of realisation to the whole situation that we are the ones that are being ridiculed. People don't want truth. They want safety. They want semblance of safety. They want to believe that whatever they do, the government's going to look after them. Yeah. And like what I can't understand is, when have the governments ever looked after us? Uh, Well, how can you live? How can you live in the north of Ireland and think about a Tory government protecting you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm from I'm from a nationalist area, and people are lopping up some of the shit that the Tories are saying. And I'm going, have you suddenly forgot your recent history? It's uh it's crazy times, isn't it? Like, it's just yeah. it just doesn't make sense. No. You were also saying something there about you know the, the bushcraft and the kids not having any skills. Do you think if we if this had happened in 1990? Do you think we would be those kids today, or do you think we'd have more resilience? I know it's a hindsight story, and it's like, oh, in my young days, no, in my days, I was a stronger. But do you think we had just been as broken, or do you think the prevalence of social media has made the 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 young men and women today so insecure, so unable to think and fend themselves, and just scared to stand out of the crowd and actually just follow the crowd? Do you think we'd yeah. have more? That's um. Social media and technology has, has amplified everything. And again, it goes back to the, the sort of info war thing that we're talking about. You, you've got this access of, of you know, just r- readily available information at your fingertips. We never had that. Like, I grew up like I grew up in the 90s. You, you grew up in the 60s or 70s, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I grew up, as, a, as an 80s baby, grew up in the 90s, and I fucking loved every minute of it. Like, my childhood was spent outdoors my mum and dad couldn't get me into the house at night time you know all i remember about was long summers uh building huts and bases and you know uh all the mischievous shit in between and football flat out you know we literally couldn't got us out of the park and out of playing fields and now you're, kids, kids are in you're, you're describing every single any guy my age or age is going to remember this and it upsets me. Like, I look at that Gail Kid Rory. He's on the Xbox. And the, the, the Xbox simply because it's the only way I communicate with my friends today. Yeah. You know, they, this is where the kids are in a really bad position. Xbox. And that screen time, it's not healthy for your mind. But what, what else is not healthy for your mind? Not having any interaction with your own peers. Now, mm-hmm. my two kids and Lucia, she's lucky that the three of them are the three of them have got each other. So they've been locked down, hasn't been a severe name because they're able to play. And Rory can play with her as well. But he's a wee lad, he's a nine year old wee lad. He needs to he needs nine year old the, the rough and tumble. And you can see the frustrations coming out of him. And he, he's a nine year old kid. It's not yeah. his fault. 
You know, the, 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 this is and this is happening throughout the whole of the world. There are children, generations of children, who are going to be oh. badly damaged. The worst one I can see is one-year-olds pretend masks because that's yeah. all they've been exposed to. That's their that is their reality, and that's if, a real. If someone, if someone, people are... who are good. Yeah, no, you're just cutting off. If if people like me and you with sort of as much life experience as we have and as, as well versed at, at, at conversation between each other, if we're struggling with connection and communicating, think about how bad those kids are in their developmental years where they haven't even they haven't even learnt the, the, the ability of, you know, expressing their emotions and their feelings properly and all of a sudden they've just they're, they're getting their lives put on hold for what looks like the possibility of two years here. That is like we, we we're going to see the fallout, the mental health fallout uh, of this in in years to come. Like, and that's why I am convinced that lockdown is going to do way more damage than what this virus ever will. Hundred percent. What I can't understand is how so many other people can't see this. It's fine to turn around and go, "Covid is real," and use your old deniers. There's no one denying that there's people dying, but. It's the it's the the flow of information, the one sidedness of the information that you've got to be questioning, and you've got. I think, to, yeah. I think it comes down to a couple, of, maybe two or three different factors. Right, one is legitimate fear. If you've been lined up and you've been uh, exposed to constant mainstream news the whole time, so if people aren't if people aren't leaving the house and all they're doing on the hour every hour is what's in the news, they're going to be totally fearful. So they're banning that fear. The second reason that I think is the emotional blackmail that the government have been very, very crafty at doing all these poster campaigns, you know, um, uh, put, making people feel guilty about meeting a friend for a coffee, putting a photo of a stranger on a poster saying that you're responsible for his or her death. That's totally, that's totally fucked up. It's, it's uh, totally wrong. And uh, then the, you know, the, 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 third, the third factor then coming in is um, people are being bribed by the government with handouts. Uh, you know the likes of like all these, all these um, furlough schemes and all these employment grants that they're giving out. People are essentially being gagged and bound to keep quiet during all this. So maybe they're, they're have people, to pay that back. yeah, uh, they're going to have to pay it back. Exactly, they don't realize that. They don't realize well, that yet. There was a the, uh, one of the most scary things I heard was when you consider the U.S. dollar is still like the gold standard of like exchange and money. You know, everything's like the petrodollar. Forty percent of all dollars in circulation today were printed in two thousand and twenty. Forty percent. Yeah. Like, what does that indicate about inflation? You know, did this. You, did, did you listen to your the the lady who rang into the radio station uh, talking about the the girl from Belfast? No, she was an economist. No. Uh, it's, it's doing the rounds. I'll send you it after here because she rang into a radio station today or it was obviously this week sometime and she started to say the exact same thing and she says what nobody is talking about is how the stock market is shaping up on how the, econ the, the route that the economy is taking and she said she's um, been an economist for 12 years and she says um, it is going towards a dark, dark place and she goes to put this in the layman's terms says uh, the pre price of a loaf will will be will be about three or four quid and the 20 pound that you've got in your pocket will will be worth a couple of pounds basically i uh my, my best mate's an economist in the assembly and yeah. a few months ago about a month and a half ago i said to him it's like how bad is it and he goes bad bad we are yeah. fucked. 
F-U-C-K, F-U-C-T. He just said, we're fucked. Yeah. They can, like, listen, people can bury their head in the sand. People can scream and shout and virtue signal about, you know, my granddad dies. You don't understand this. Like, I get it. It's terrible. But here's the reality. In 2018, 2019, 2017, people died the entire year. You know, but death was not. Why did we not fear the flu? Why did we not fear the cold? Why has 95% of the flu and cold disappeared this year? Why, why does one why does one death overshadow another? You know what I mean? Have we suddenly forgot about cancer? Have we suddenly, suddenly forgot about heart disease? You know, if you bring this up, you are just being a bad man. You're not, and that's this is this is what we've got to as a society. Yeah. We can't have open, honest discussion simply because, like, the social media platforms prevent us from doing so. Prevent people who are so like a hundred thousand scientists and doctors cannot be wrong. Yeah, a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand now cannot be wrong but yet because they do not go with this, the mainstream narrative they're wrong and if you dare, you dare use them as an example you're shunned at and you're laughed at as if you're somehow a lesser species you're just you're just of lower intelligence than me and I just look at people and I go like I mightn't I might have a degree I mightn't be able to look at scientific papers and read it but I'm fucking intelligent I'm 43 years old I've went through a lot of life experiences I've, I've built businesses from the ground up with no no incentive no help from anyone I'm, I'm not stupid like I can see my own eyes and I think that's a problem I think a lot of people have lost the ability to look at their own eyes and look with their own eyes and, and see the world through yeah. their own eyes and I'm convinced too that COVID has given people the perfect excuse to go around and uh, take all... It's a manifestation of a lot of personal problems and a lot of pain and fear that people have in their own lives and they're running around taking it out on random strangers. And it's, what people don't realize is that that fear, not that, that insecurity has been cultivated for 20, 30 years by the government through, yes. the, through the lack of funding, through homelessness, through firm food shortages, unemployment, recessions. But yet they've always had enough money to fund the military. They've always had enough money for wars. They've always had enough money to fund their friends. They've always had enough money to privatise the, 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 the things we need. You know, railway, rail, the transport, the, the NHS, um, schooling. The, you know, the, the, the best thing about it is, is they probably don't even know they're doing it. it. It could be a subconscious thing that they don't even realize that they're, they're so full of fear, but whatever, whatever uh, is being triggered in their brain, it's, it's being manifested in the wrong way. And then you hit on something two a minute ago about the virtue signaling. That has to be, the, that's the biggest crime that has on this planet the last few years. It is a disgrace. But the virtue signaling is a byproduct of the environment. Yeah. Do you know when, when you, when you have people who are insecure, don't feel like they fit in, and they're suddenly given a voice, and they're given support, loads of likes, that is going to bring all that trauma out, and they're going to use, what do we do? We're a reflection of ourselves. You know, we reflect on the other people, what we how we feel about ourselves, and you can see it, and I look at people, and I'm going, whoa, you yep. just can't, like, I get angry. I, there's times I lose the plot, the Sunday world, or the Sunday, whatever the world, New York world, See, another example is the Black Lives Matter bandwagon. I have never seen as many, as many rich white kids drowning in their own guilt. Like, if you know, you see that for what it is. You're an idiot. Oh, like, there's, a, like, there's, there's a movement which is great. I support that movement, you know, yeah. Black Lives Matter. But the problem is, white lives matter as well, Asian lives matter as well, Pakistani, Indian, all lives matter. And, and now that's an that's that's like. 
a white supremacist thing. All lives matter. There was there was white people in America going around uh, taking a knee in front of random black people in the street and getting their mates to video it, and they were going, "I'm so sorry for this and that." And I am going, "It is fucking painstaking to watch." Like, do, uh, how how insecure are you, and how vulnerable are you that you need to show your social media? Like, we like our generation, like we are now being asked to apologize for stuff for years of oppression that is nothing like I, I don't know about you but I, I've treated anybody I've ever seen I, I've treated them on a personal level the same I don't need to go around fucking putting black squares on my Instagram I hate I hate some black people I hate some white people I hate some Asian people I yeah. love some black people love some white people love some Asian people I don't love them because of the color of skin or I hate them because of the color of skin I hate them because of the person they are yeah. they're either a dickhead or they're not you're like what's wrong with the religion don't be a dick that, yeah. like, that just is the simplest way. Don't be a dick. The like the latest one today was um, the actor who does the black teacher's voice. I think in Simpsons. Oh Jesus! Yo, I seen it. Uh, Shira. Or, uh, yeah. Like well, that. That goes off racism. We'll tell you what. Well done, you. That's let's scream this guy out of a job because he's not black. He's he's yeah. done the voice for the last thirty years. I'm yeah. like there's been a problem, but now there's a problem because you're not representing because white people are taking black people's jobs. No, they're not. That's Can madness. Cancel, cancel culture. Cancel culture is a fucking virus in itself. And um, did you see the the Gina Carano one as well? Absolutely fucking disgraceful. So like, it was your man had the same opinion, but because he's a leftist and she was she was a Trump supporter. This is yeah. this is like the whole culture we're living in. Let's yeah. get one thing as society and we'll just lambast them. Just did, you, did you see what Trump's administration done um, as a as a def for their defence in court? No way he was brought up on charges of inciting violence. Is is his uh, judicial team got like all all these snippets together that the left have said about him uh, over the last year? And they were talking about blowing up the White House. They were talking about taking him behind uh, the like even Biden came out and says I wish it was like back in school. It would take him behind the gym and give him a like. You know what I mean? Is this stuff not being reported either? I get. I I actually do find myself like I had to. Sp I actually spoke to Andy. Andy McKenzie's one keeps me like pretty. He, he calls me out my shit and he tells me he sends me messages. You need to calm down because I yeah. find myself getting angrier and angrier. Yeah. At, not that it's just these the virtue signalers who think, oh, I'm a I've got a science degree. I can read a paper. Suddenly, this makes you an expert in life. And yeah. and and social economics, like in social like in social situations, like it's not about COVID. It's about the whole thing. I've I've used the analogy of a lot of people who are focused on that one thing is like a jigsaw, and they're just looking at one piece of the jigsaw, and they're trying to solve what the whole picture is, but by looking at one piece, that is what the the industry the the problem is today. We're yeah. not taking social. We're not taking the economic. We're not taking the psychological elements that are. As a direct response of the response of the governments, yeah, and because well, of that, there's what a lot they're, of people. Doing is they're, they're also citing like intellectual superiority over the likes of me and you. So, say we are a gym owner, we've lost our business the last 12 months, and we have a right uh, as a human, you've a right to protest and you've a right to express your views. And the oh, way yeah. this, yeah, the, the way they shut that down is by saying, Oh, he's just a gym owner, what does he know? But even if you send them on peer-reviewed uh, studies, if you link them up to the smartest people in the world, like the, like, the likes of uh, Dolores Cahill Dolores and people like that there and the, the, you know, all these informed doctors, 
and they just go, yeah, but like, l- l- look at her, look at his or her credentials. They've been struck off. And I'm like, why do you think they've been struck off? Because they're going yeah. against the green. The, the other one is, uh, she's just right wing. The, especially yeah. in Northern Ireland. This is, you know, like a lot of people were from Nationalist, like the socialist ideal. Yeah. I have actually went off the socialist ideal, to be honest. I, I, um, have, I have this, this 2020 has turned me more right wing. More conservative in my beliefs because the way I'm looking, like, see the conservative beliefs, at least they've at least they've stood for something and it's been a continuous message. I might never agree with it, but no, 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 don't, don't talk, I'm not talking about Tories, I'm talking about the conservative ideology, yeah, you ideology. Know, yeah. yeah, the ideal, not the, not the party, the ideologies. I'm talking about the, uh, like, the, the Jordan Peterson school of thought, yes. Yes, there's 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 an element there that you know you have to consider. Like why to the left? It's just it's like the woke society. It's the whatever's fashionable today is what we'll champion, and we'll just change our mind tomorrow, and then we'll push that narrative. And the media is going to back us, and we're going to have more kids screaming this. And these twenty year olds, no offense to them, they have no life experience. They may think they've got degrees and knowledge, but they have no life experience. And and life experience is the most important thing in these elements because the more you experience for yourself and the more you went through, the more you can actually harness from your own mind and go, nah, 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 this isn't making sense. It's yeah. not all book read. It's actual experience read. The, the, I've, I've two, two lads um, two lads from Lurgan who I know pretty well and they would be sort of lefty socialists. And I messaged them a couple of years ago and he says, lads, I'm really, really concerned here about the way leftism and stuff is going. And uh, I sort of cited a few cases in modern society. Um, and then, like, I goes, look, is there, is there actually person at that far that is are turning people like myself more centralist? So I wouldn't say I'm conservative. I wouldn't say I'm left. And, and the, the, the beauty about, I know it's, uh, this, I, I, never, I never sit on the fence uh, uh, with very much of my life because I'm quite outspoken but when it comes to politics I like keeping myself in the middle and I like pointing out bullshit that I can see on both sides and that's the beauty about once you align yourself to a political party or once you align yourself to um, a certain ideology you're screwed because you have to go along with that whether you agree with that in your heart or not and even if you don't agree with it in your heart you have to lie that you do I don't agree with that in the sense that it's only been the last 10 years that this is like if you if you were like let's let's take American Dem and Republic. If you were yeah. a Democrat twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, you could have went. I'm a Democrat, but see what the Republicans are saying. There, there's more to that. Now, yeah. you, if you if you do agree with the right or the left in any way, if you're a leftist and you do agree with anything anyone from the right has said, you're just cancelled. Cancelled. Yeah. But how can we govern? But like it's it's almost like, like I don't think people realize. Like the danger of this and how manufactured this is, it's it's been slowly but surely chipped away at week upon week, month a year after year, to get us to the point where we can't have open dialogue. You either on team A or you're on team B, and if you're on team A, if team B says black is white, even though it isn't true, you have to. Agree. It just it just doesn't make sense. And we're now in a position where I think our future generations remember. These leftists, these kids that are all champion on the masks and two masks, four masks, and all this—they're the—they're the future. Yeah, these are the people, these are the room makers of the future. What is our society going to be like? Like someone who I look up to massively is is Bernadette Davlin, and I was at a, a podcast uh, a couple of years ago, 
uh, what Blind Boy was doing it, and she was answering questions at the end, and the, she would have had a big sort of leftist socialist following, and obviously still will. But there was a couple of girls asked her questions, and I could tell straight away the direction that the the girl wanted them to go. The first question was about uh, the feminist movement, so. Bernadette Davlin spent the whole couple of hours talking about how the people in Derry struggle for, for civil rights and a, a wee girl put up her hand and saying, like, what was your involvement in the in the feminist movement back then? And, you know, what was your contribution? And she just says, listen, I was fighting for an oppressed people. I didn't have time to, to, to segregate them into male or female or whatever else. Says we were fighting as a people against oppression and everybody just erupted and clapping their hands and then the next wee girl put her hand up and she said Bernadette you're my hero Um, I just want to ask you uh, please do me one favour will you please run in, uh, for uh, for a party and, and politics again um, you need to uh, you need to be the voice and she just says if you feel so passionately about it why don't you do it yourself says you're like Bernadette Davin's in her 70s that wee girl was maybe in her early 20s and she's looking to pass on the responsibility to someone else and, and that's my that's my school of thought on all this here. People, uh, people in, in, in Ireland especially, they're more concerned about uh, far-left ideals over in America and stuff like that. And this ha- they haven't even got their own shit sorted out at home. They can't even sort out, you know, their, their own lives. The um, I think the problem with our society is we have been fractured to the point where it, it showed you COVID exposed that, you know, you could not agree with the other side. You know, it's just like, and the 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 the, the, the gulf in what it showed to me was the gulf uh, between those in power and us is so so wide, but we can't see that we're still stuck in the cultural orange and green, even though those in orange and green in power are all getting their seventy grand, are all getting six to twenty five to thirty grand in expenses, are all getting their chauffeur driven cars and their nice houses getting paid, not having to worry about jobs, not having to worry about the restrictions. Yeah. They're living a different life, but they're using the, the inbuilt, the, the, in that hatred inside us. That's just, it's just battered into us from a child. Yeah. And I yeah. don't know how we, we can't counter this because we can say all this stuff, but the reality is the cultures we live in is still breeding that hate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, you know what's going to happen? I have never heard as many people this year say to me about how disgusted they are with Alexis Sinn Féin's response to all this. Um, Sinn Féin fought for years, the, or well, nationalists fought for years to get equal rights and the, the, you know, get the opportunities that we have today. And now, more than ever, in, in Lurgan anyway, there's more young Catholic uh, business owners than ever before. Um, Sinn Féin have done absolutely nothing there it's been absolutely their silence has been deafening they just want to align themselves with the South um, they just whatever way the South is going that's the way they, they want to sort of put their political message across and the people feel let down here people, people feel let down by them and I know as soon as it comes to voting time again though people forget about that and they'll start fucking voting for green and orange again and that's not the way it should be. Uh, you know, you should be voting for people out of moral values and what their belief belief system is, not just because, not not for orange or green anymore. But is it is it just like every political party two is two party state? You know, it's like DUP Sinn Fein. How do you oust them? I don't understand how. I don't understand how, like, the likes of like I was doorman for years. I worked with guys from the Shankill, guys from fucking the village, guys from staunchly loyalist and unionist areas. Yeah. And I had more in common with them 
than I did with the people in power. Yeah. So the people who are here are meant to represent me. And it's the same with them. And this is what we need to understand. We need to realize that Sammy from the Shankill and Patty from the Falls, they're, they're both going through the exact same struggles. They're worried about yeah. their kids. They're worried about their job. They're worried about their housings. They're worried about can they have enough money to feed their kids? To, can they go on holiday? The, the fear, they, the, the hatred they have from uh, from the people in the Falls, the people in the Shankill, the other side, is basically built through fear, a narrative of fear that's been that's been pushed in us. And this is, we're just using Northern Ireland because it's our own experience. But yeah. you go everywhere, Muslim Muslim and Hindu or Muslim and Christian, yeah. black and white. And there's just, it's always divide and conquer ethos. And yeah. no matter how many times we rationally speak about this, the emotional side of us takes it. Because remember, our actions are dictated by our emotions. 96% of our actions on a daily basis are emotionally based. Only 5 to 6% is used in a logical, rational mind. So we have to somehow, we have, I think we have to get people in power who see the people as one. Yeah. But we're scared to do that. Yeah. Every, any party that's ever came about that's about uni unity yeah. is always put down because by the both sides of like Labour and Labour and Conservative DUP Sinn Féin because they are an existential threat to their ruling class and that's what they want. They want to be in power and the more people realise this and I can actually see more and more people waking up to the fact that the the people of those in power are not there for us. They're there to control us. That's it. And, and Gail and I don't have disagreements in this but I do, do believe that something is going to happen by the people. I think you know, there was too much information coming out, and now we're at a point where we're at a precipice. People are reaching it at different points because people's businesses and life experience are different. You know, our businesses are being affected differently. Those in furlough don't want to rock the boat, but I say a lot in furlough are following the rules because they don't want to rock the boat. But in six months' time, when their job's gone because their business, that business their workforce is closed, then they're going to be starting coming out, and then the people in power will have to answer for what they've done. Because there's three thousand people controlling seven point eight billion, like the the, the numbers. I actually always remember uh, a bug's life and the cockroaches on top. They're looking at the all the ants, and it's a yeah. very profound message. Where they turn around, they're slobbering, and your man, one of the laid cockroaches, and elbows the stupid one beside him, and goes, "You need to shut up because they you don't realize this. they've got the power. They just don't realize it." Yeah. And that's that's us. We are the ants. We're the workers. We're Maybe. the ones on the boat keeping them happy. Blinded by social media, blinded, blinded by celebrity lifestyle, blinded by all these distractions that are put there purposely to keep us dumbed down, keep our energy low. Here's drugs, here's here's heroin, here's drink, here's cigarettes. No, you can't have tobacco, you can't have you can't have grass, you can't have LSD, you can't have mushroom, you can't have DMT, you can't have ayahuasca. All these are spirit medicines. You know, these these in the Amazon. That DNT, it's a it's a spirit medicine. It cures addiction. It and addiction is crucial to keep this facade going the way they want to keep it going. That's my opinion anyway. How how can you convince someone to get out of the matrix when they don't even know they're living in it? That's the issue. You know, it's I, like... I spoke about this. Have you used the VR system, the Quest, Oculus Quest? No. No. I've I've got an Oculus Quest and everyone's the same. See when you put it on. The world we live in today no longer exists. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'll tell this story. I've told this story a couple of times. I'll tell you it because I haven't told you it. There's a game called Beat Saber, which is like you've got these two sabers and you're just cutting blocks. It's addictive yeah. as hell, like a Tetris type game, you know, very addictive. 
But there's these like see-through boxes that come and you have to move out of the way and move out of the way. And there's a 360 version of it where you're like this and you're like this. And, and I was so enthralled and they came out, blah, 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 and I seen this block coming and I just went, uh, and I thought I died. I literally thought I had died because the block came at me and I was like, I, 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 now, I now actually know how I would react if, a, if I walked in front of a bus and just realised my last seconds. And did, it, did it feel like that moment in a dream where you're you're falling off a bike or off a cliff? Or... I'll get Gail and you can ask Gail. I had to sit down for over 10 minutes. I took the VR off, sat it down and sat my hands in my head, or my head and my hands, sorry, shaking, properly shaking. I had a proper adrenaline dump. I was so in that world that this world did not exist. And then when you, and it happens so many times, like I've punched walls through in the boxing game, but you take it off yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh shit, I'm Sim- here. Uh, simulation theory, Elon Musk and all spoke about it. That's what got at the simulation theory. Yeah. I'm like- convinced, convinced we live in the Matrix now. <laughs> that, that VR system showed me how easy it is to fool the human mind. Here's me putting on a VR system, knowing I'm putting on a VR system, knowing it's not real, and I am there. Who's to say that we're not the, we're not a speck of our universe is a speck of dust on a massive chair in a, another world somewhere? You know, with that's so big and infinite, we don't realize it. And it, the is, dust. it is completely. Um, but what you're experiencing is a sort of uh, electronic version of what mushrooms w- would give you. You know, you're you're like the, the likes of psilocybin, DMT, acid, whatever whatever psychedelics you're into. You know. When when I've ever experienced any of like any really fucking solid effects on psilocybin on any mushroom, I've always got that feeling of uh, I think it's sympathy. It's called where you're you know you're part of a much greater existence. So like people say all the time, you know, like oh, what's it like? Do you get do you get all these messages? And no, but you're well aware that there's a hell of a lot more that exists around you, and and. You, you feel like you're, I feel like I'm literally like a, a micro dot on a much grander scheme. That reminds me of the time I, one time I'd done DMT, I was actually with Kale, and uh, I remember we were sitting on the, at the corner sofa, and I opened my eyes, and she was doing this like great, you know, like a sort of like a, like a spinal wave. Yeah. And I, and from her hip came this rainbow, and the rainbow like came towards me like that. And as it, and I watched this thing hit me, right? And as it touched my leg, I went, Gling! and I started, uh-huh. and I was moving with her. And then I went into this completely different realm where I was, uh, it was a ball. I, I, I was looking down at this ball of snow, whatever you want to say, snow. Do you know the interference you get on TVs? When yeah. the like, TV, yeah. TV phones are over, like in the in early 80s, it'd be like, like, sh- sh- like the white noise stuff, yeah. I was I was seeing this ball, like on, like on Earth, shape of all that snow and every single tiny pixel was someone in the universe or an experience in the universe and then I was seeing me as that I I no longer existed I was part of that grand scheme of everything and at this moment came about that I realized that I am only this one way tiny 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 insignificant dot that makes up the entire universe the entire fifth realm shall we say the fifth dimension and it made me realize that that was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. And I know people are listening who've never done this type of stuff and just going, what are they on about? But until you've actually experienced it, I try to tell people, telling someone what DMT or mushrooms are like, is like trying to explain, explain the color purple to a blind man. 
Yeah, you know, it's not experienced. And maybe for anybody that's that's like actually thinking about going into psychedelics, I don't think there's a better place to start than mushrooms because they are you can go soft and you can go mellow with them, and they can they can be really really um. Ah, uh, you need to be careful, obviously, the dosage and what's the ones you're taking. <laughs> you see, I've, I'm a big proponent of psychedelics. I would say to people, listen, everyone should do everyone should do psychedelics. If everyone's done DMT, if the, everyone were done DMT, there'd be no more wars. There would yeah. the, genuinely, I believe, there'd be no more wars. People would know, fuck, there is something else. This is not, yeah. is only a stopgap. Yeah. But the problem with psychedelics is, in today's culture, we are filled, like I was talking about, filled with people with trauma. Yeah. And people use psychedelics the wrong way. It is not about getting fucked up, dude, which is what most young people do. Yeah, yeah. Were you 18? I was 18. I know what I know when I was 18. I was taking five acid. Whoa, fucking this is amazing. Not understanding the power of it, not understanding the dangers behind it, not understanding the benefits of it. And I've had some horrific experience. In fact, I won't do it again because yeah. I have had one. I had one there six months ago that traumatized me. Absolutely traumatized me to the point where I'm going. I I, I just I, I'll never do it again. Never yeah. do it. It scared me that much. I'm, uh, I'm actually doing a, a trauma and addiction course with Queen's University at the minute online, and some of the, sorry, I'd be, I'd be interested in doing something like that. That'd be yeah. Fine. yeah. So some of the some of the traits and stuff that that I'm seeing on part of the course is just taking me back to teenage years and you're just going Jesus Christ what was I at and I think we all go down that sort of I don't know what you mean, but I went down a destructive past uh, path of um, you know alcohol and, and partying for years and at the time I was having an unbelievable time some of the best days of my life I, I wouldn't change it but alcohol it's took me to maybe it took me to 28 or 29 to realise that alcohol isn't for me you know what I mean? And I, I, like I was trying to fit in, uh, trying to fit in, in, in social circles more. It's, it's a big part of you know um, football culture that after your match you'll go for paints and all that. There and a few paints again. It's all if I if I can control myself now to have that, that's fine. But you know yourself when you, the the adrenaline's in and the cracks are, all the boys it, it leads into more and more carnage and that destructive past. And then you, you can't get your head out of your ass for days. It's not worth it. Totally not worth it. No. Have you read Chasing the Scream? Uh, I've got Johan Hari. It's next on the it's next yeah. on the list to read. Eh? It, it's phenomenal because it just it if you're from a working class culture, working class background, you will have experienced and you've done you've done it's on any drugs or you've been exposed to drugs in any way, you will see the um the similarity of your life in these stories. Yeah. And at the crux of everything, people need to understand this. People don't want to look into it, but the reality is, the crux of all problems of humanity is trauma. Usually, is. childhood trauma. Yeah. The experience you have as children, and it goes back as far. Like I'll tell you a story. There's a girl that I knew who was a child specialist, right? But again, she was a young child specialist. She was only like 22 when she was telling me she's only qualified, and she was telling me that I need to leave Save to cry and just cry it out. And I tried, and I tried, and I done, but eventually I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And what it made me realize was that is traumatic. That is actual. That is like we're we're placing trauma yeah. in a six month old's head. They don't. They, they can't process that. They don't know what's going on. They just know that they cry. They need comfort, 
and they're not getting it. And the, the Nazis done it. The Nazis done experiments with twins. They yeah. put one child in oh, a man, room yeah. and just fed it, changed it, and the other one got hugged. And the one that didn't get any attention died. Yeah. We are human. We need touch. That's why I love jujitsu and MMA and the martial arts for kids, especially because it gets used to touching people and it gets used to human contact. Which, like, have you ever tried? Do you ever stir? Have you ever done a stern? Just meeting someone and just the way I'm looking right in the camera right now, and just hold this gaze with someone with like six inches from their face and say nothing and just stare into their eyes. Have you ever seen how uncomfortable people are with eye contact? You can already see this now. I can guarantee this year will be even worse because yeah. people have we have. We have it's a purposeful, in my opinion, it is purposefully done to separate the human species from each other and make us yeah. live in a world of stress. The more stressed we are, the easier we are to control. The, the more we will do, relinquish. Have you not noticed too? Have you not noticed too that there's a lot of people that would be in touch with you um, on Instagram and that fire you messages all the time, and then when you meet them in the street, they're awkward as fuck, and you're like, you know. Yeah. Like you converse with me, uh, you, you're sending them a fucking essays over a phone, but like you're struggling to hold a conversation with here. What's the guy? They're almost feel a bit shifty and they want to go on. I'm like, man, like this, this is real life. This is how you've got to communicate with people. I just thought it was because I was so beautiful. They just were, they were, and all. <laughs> but listen, you're right. It's, it's, it's a weird situation we're in, where humans can't be human. They need all. Or they need alcohol yes. or some form, some form of relaxation tool to come out of themselves. It's 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 madness. It's like I don't know what the question is, but I want to go back to psychedelics. I want to I want to sort of clarify. I want to be very careful when I'm on these podcasts that we're not giving out. Go take your take drugs and get fucked up because if a twenty year old kid who's traumatic who's suffering from trauma was to listen to that, they were suddenly thinking, this is my solution. And the reality is, they could end up jumping off a bridge, they could end up fucking being in a really bad place and making them worse. And I think the thing about psychedelics is, you've got to respect them more than any other drug on the planet. Like, it's, even, it's the weed, even the weed that the kids are smoking now is far, far too strong for them. They're smoking, they're smoking cheeses and they're smoking real, real heavy strain um, indigas on this is the problem with, again, probably going back to your book uh, about the war on drugs. It's simply not working. We, no. need to get some, we need to get some sort of structure in place where if people are going to go down the line of having a joint, um, taking whatever, at least it's not done by some dickhead with a fucking pill press in his guards. It's knocking out just real, real dodgy shit or knocking out uh, real high-strength green. You know, you, you need to know what you're... What you're why is that like that? Let's look at the government. One hundred percent, the government's fault. There's no, there's no denying this. We now know through Portugal, through uh, what's the what's the South American country where the, who's got the coolest president in the world? He lives in a, lives in his house and has a tractor and still a farmer. Venezuela, no. Venezuela is it? No, that's not Venezuela. That's the communist country. That's it. Um, Uruguay. Somewhere like that. Is Basically legalized all drugs. That's not, that's not Colombia anyway. <laughs> they decriminalized all drugs, right? Yeah. Now, there's, an, there's actually a section in that book, Chasing the Screen, that talks about in chapter 14 or 14, 16. There's a there's story about this drug user, and it's one of the most inspiring stories I've ever heard. People need to make it in the video. But what they have now learned is legal or decriminalizing drugs works only if 
The money that was put in there fight against drugs is then put in against to help people get off drugs because yeah. drug is not the problem. It's the trauma. It's the escape. Now, I, went to, I used to go out with a girl who worked with people who were like heroin addicts. And and the, the reality is these guys and girls took the heroin not because they wanted to, because they wanted to escape. They wanted the pain to stop. I, my suicide attempts wasn't because I wanted to die. It's because I didn't want I didn't want to be in the pain I was in anymore. Yeah. You know, my search for meaning, man, search for meaning type of thing. Yeah. It's it, my journey of searching is because I don't want the psychological pain I was in, and I still get those psychological pains. So my 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 dipping into the the LSD and the mushrooms and DMT has been a search. A soul searching event. It's been for me to try to get clarity and understanding why I feel the way I feel about myself and how can I combat that. Now I'm, lucky. I'm intelligent enough to build it up, but a lot of people aren't. I haven't got the structure. Emotional, emotional, emotional awareness and having that structure around you. But going back to what you were saying there about, like, can you remember in Lost Connections, uh, Johan Hardy book that talked about the the study with a rat where they put a rat in a cage. Yes. And, uh, they had a had a, a water bottle filled with opiates at one side and oh, then yes. a, a, a normal water bottle at the other side. So obviously the rat was went, went over to the water with the opiates, went over to the normal water and it realized it was in a cage by itself, had nothing to do, uh, realized it was getting a high off the opiate and it continued to go back to it. Put the same, put the same rat in the uh, cage with other rats, one bottle of opiate at one side, bottle of water at the other side. The rats had... Uh, loads of shit to, to play with and keep them stimulated. They were run around. They were run around doing what rats do, humping each other. And uh, after one one taste of the the water with the opiates and one taste with the normal water, they didn't, they didn't go back near the opiates the whole time. So it showed that it was all about stimulation and what what you've got around you. It was. Is I think it's uh, the chasing the scream or it's one of Johan Barry books. Can't remember. It's chasing the scream or lost connection to talk about the what do you call them? Chimpanzees. Not the. They're not chimpanzees. They're smaller than chimpanzees. Hobos or bobos. God, the name's gone out of my head. But they're they're basically like a small chimpanzee, very human like. But this girl, she lived she, she lived this class life. Her dad was like a scientist, and they lived in all different countries. She studied animals, and she then went to the Congo to study. So bonobos, bonobos, that's the name. So she was studying bonobos in um, a zoo setting, right, and they're highly sexual animals, they would make dildos, and they would fucking they just, sex was a massive part of their uh, their culture, their, their existence and what she noticed was then she went to the Congo and studied them in the wild, and she noticed the hierarchy in the wild was completely different to hierarchy in in the, in the enclosed spaces so there was there was obvious depression from the um, the bonobos, they would pull their hair out, they would rock back and forth. But she said, in the wild, although you might have the lowest rung, would be a wee bit down, he always had a sense of belonging. And the, the, the main the crux of the story was like, the bonobos and the animals are taken out of their own social environment, their own natural habitat, and they're put in, thrust into a concrete wooden cage or whatever, metal cage. And that is what created the, the, the problem, the depression. It was because they were not in their national environment. And then you look at us, human beings, and just because we live and we've grown up in concrete jungles does not mean that is what we are meant to do on a day-to-day -day basis. We are meant to be in nature. We're meant to walk barefoot. We're meant to swim in the ocean, swim in the seas, climb trees, run in fields, climb mountains. That is, that is and that, when you have this, this ethic of work, you know, you need like, ah, uh, 
there's a great documentary, I must send you, I can't remember the name of it, but it was this wee lad, he is a parkour runner from here. Yeah. And he went away to Amsterdam with like, I think three euros in his pocket. And he traveled, him and his mates traveled the entire of Europe, no money, living out of bins. They were like, they were, they were, they found out like, you know, if you go to, if you go to the bins beside the supermarkets at the end of the night, they're throwing the stuff out. You just yeah. take, you know, they, they had all these different ways of living. But he yeah. said, what, what, that was really profound. I must find the, you'll love it. But, um, one, he said, one of the most profound things, this kid's only 23, 24. And he said, making a cup of coffee every day is easy. You boil the kettle, you pour it in and you drink it. He goes like, but when we want to make a cup of coffee, we've got to get the firewood. And getting the firewood means we've got to walk into the into the jungle or the forest. And then we've got to bring a tree and then we've got to cut that tree down. And then we've got to cut to carry those branches down. Then we've got to find a way to light the fire. And then we've got to boil the water, find water, boil the water. And then we'll get a cup of coffee. So that cup of coffee process takes maybe half an hour to 45 minutes an hour. But then you appreciate that cup of coffee. Greater appreciation. And that is what we that is where we're missing. And I don't think people understand. Like I always say the obstacle the obstacle is the way. You know what, yeah. Because when you have to do these things and you're forced to put effort in to get a reward and not just get the reward without any effort, yeah. you appreciate it. But when you don't appreciate and then when you start not appreciating it, it becomes normal, then you fear losing it. Of course. And the, the thought of working actually paralyzes you and that's where we are at society today the fear of work the fear of actually doing something of putting effort in of maybe feeling we don't want to fail we've been conditioned that if we fail anything in social media it's all over it and we're embarrassed and it's terrible and this whole cause of society like worldwide is now we're so connected but we're so no. separate our uh, our whole existence is just based around speed, fast food, fast relationships, instant gratification. Um, you can change your body um, on an app on a phone. Uh, you know, everything is just fucking. It's it's got to the point of of no return. It's gone that far that it actually might do a full three. This is my hope. My hope is that life is going to do a full three sixty. People are going to realize that everything that we've discovered over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years is total and utter bullshit. And we need to go back to our roots. We need to go back to connection. We need to go back to nature. And we need to go back to fucking appreciating each other for what we are. Because that lifestyle that everybody is living at the minute is totally and utter, utterly fake. And it's got us in trouble. I think when you, uh, if you're honest with yourself, when you see someone that you like, if you meet someone and your automatic reaction, he's a dick. Well, you need to look at that person closer because you're probably going to find that the reason you think he's a dick is because he's got traits in his personality or she's got personality that you don't like about yourself. Mm -hmm. And what you're seeing there is you're seeing the reflection of the things you hate about yourself in that person. And that's why you don't want to be near them because it's too close to the truth. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I, my, my granddad my grand was like my hero. He was the, he's, he's the guy that shaped who I am today. Yeah. I always tell stories about him. But one of the things, when I lived, I lived them right up to, I was actually there the day he died, I brought him back to life actually, gave him fucking, he had a stroke in front of me and I brought him back, I wish I hadn't have, but he was a fit man, he was, he just, he was a really fit man, died when he was 84, but him and my nanny used to fight like crazy and I lived with the two of them, right, and I came to the point where I used to jump in between them and go, ding, ding, round one, because the two of them fought over anything, turn the TV yeah. around, the heat was yeah. too high, it was just, it was like 55 years of living together, you know, just, yeah, but yeah, yeah. one thing my granddad, and a Struck me so well. I was like, he had a. Uh, I said to him, Granda, 
why did he just not leave each other then? If it's that bad, just leave each other. And he goes, he looked at me, and he threw me a sock with a hole in it, right? And he said, uh, see that sock, Paul? Should I throw it out? And he went, yeah. And he goes, no, I'll darn it. Do you know why? He goes, because my sister, because I'm from a time where we didn't throw things out when they're broken, we fixed yeah. them. Mm -hmm. I just was like, whoa, that is 84 years of wisdom right there, that sense. And if people had that mentality and realized that we're not fucked, we're just broken. Yeah. Broken things can be fixed if we put time and effort and we want to do it. We can be fixed and society can be fixed if we want it to be. But the problem is we don't want to put the effort in. It's easier to throw it away and try to start a new. But we, the new, new doesn't work. New's not new's not better. New's not better. Old is better this this day and age. I think we, we all need to heal, and we all need to heal badly here because I I don't know about you, but um I feel a bit anxious uh, when I think when I think far ahead and uh, like you should only control the controllables. I know all that. I'm doing everything right to look after my mental health. I'm walking every day. I'm still training. I'm getting out in nature. I eat well. I sleep well. I'm not near alcohol, so I'm doing everything right. And I am still getting undertones of anxiety about the way society's going because I know that there is that much division in it at the minute that I think a lot of it is irreversible. That's that's how fucking like that's how deep rooted some of this stuff goes. I disagree with you there. I don't think it's. I don't think. I think what's needed is a complete change in the education system. When you get when you get a young child, that, that's a blank canvas. It's us that imprints the information that forms yeah. our personality. Yeah. We need to heal ourselves as a society. We need to heal ourselves. And I genuinely believe the likes of ayahuasca and the plant medicines can be the actual cure. Yeah. You know, because ayahuasca forces you to face the demons inside yourself. And there is no escape from it. You just you're put there, and it's like Mother Ayahuasca makes you go deal with this shit. Yeah, no, I mean that's a that's a lovely utopian view of it, but the reality is the reality is, is sort of much more complex one. Like it's just um, I don't think it's I don't think it's as easy as that. But I'm saying it's I don't think it's broken. I don't think it's unfixable. I I think it's unfixable if we think it's unfixable. What you know, whether it's black or whether you I think you're right. <laughs> You're right, you know. It's well, like, do you think I'm? Do you think America is still fixable? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I don't think anything is broken to the point where I think there's going to be a lot more trauma and a lot yeah. more. Yeah. No, you, you were saying earlier. You were saying earlier about you think that there's going to be some event that's going to it's going to get really bad or whatever. It's going to be big. I think. I have a similar feeling to yourself. I think it could get worse here before it gets better. I think there's going to be a tipping point, and I think it, I don't know if it's like uh, you know these mandatory vaccinations being forced on us. I don't know if it's going to be a total economy collapse. I don't know if it's going to be the extension and uh, dragging out of COVID. I don't know what it's going to be. I but think I it's going to be a pedophile element. Oh, I, I think I think it's going to be the pedophile element will be eventually exposed. But I genuinely do. They're, like, there's no denying. You know, we've got Jimmy Savile, we've got Prince, we've got Prince Andrew, we've got the fucking Aspen case, we've got Maxwell, we've got all this shit coming out. It's it, it it this type of stuff can't be kept. And when that comes out, I think the normal decent people, when the evidence is produced and there's no there's no more like the media to cover it up and try to put a different slant on it. Yeah, but then then you just put fucking Love Island on TV and nobody cares about Epstein. I don't think so, mate. I think when, when people actually realise they're being implicit in allowing this to happen, they'll get yeah. so angry. 
that there will be massive. I hope so because it's like the, the most evil thing in the world is to take the innocence of a young child. And they and there is no question about it. Now we know one hundred percent. Jimmy Savile was a procurer of children to the royal family. They've been shown it's been like Mount Batten. You'd lowered Mount Batten. I was, oh, actually, wow. I was the day he blew, was blown up. Actually, I was in Mullaghmore the day he was only born. But um, you know, Lord Mount Batten. You've got Prince Andrew. You've got all the questions about the royal family. You've got you're, all. The about you're the worried. You're worried about talking about COVID, and now you're talking about the fucking here, royals and Peter. I am completely like, there's no, there. Listen, look at Concora House from here. You know, like the fucking Cyril Smith and the who do you call yeah. the prime minister back in the um. His name's um uh, have you watched Jimmy Savile on the Ninth Circle on on oh, YouTube? Yeah. On YouTube, is a YouTube. I thought there was one. There was one coming was out. Was it when Heath was in charge? Is that who you're Heath, on about? That's you, Heath, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like. This is this is fact. This is not conspiracy. There's no denying this. And then you go, you look down in America, like you look at look at the way America happened. There is no like you can deny it all you want, but the reality is, there is there's always been an elite pedophile ring. Forget about pizza gate. I'm not going down that route. I'm talking about the actual reality. We know government, government been, starts at royalty, goes to government politicians, then it works its way down to. Uh, you know, top societal members of you know uh, lawyers and police police officers, and you know that's how the system works. What's the best way? What's the best method of control? Fear. Get some. No, get get one of them. And talk about the elites. Get oh, yeah. one of them on camera. Abusing oh yeah. The yes, yes. I, and that's what that's what uh, Epstein was a genius at doing that. Like absolutely, um, fucking scumbag. But here, he knew what he was doing. And your your woman Jeline Maxwell too. Like, what's ever happened to her? You know, she's she, like she's she, singing like a bird. Apparently, I've been following quite. Uh, there's a guy called Sean Atwood on YouTube who's pretty clued into this stuff. Like, I'm not going to go down too deep the rabbit hole in this thing, but it's his really intelligent stuff, isn't it? Uh, Masai. I've gone deep in this, and it's it's why I'm so like you know we need to sort it out because there is an element of that. I know we went tangent down the rabbit hole there, but the reality is no. But they, they, these are the people that make policies. These are the people that dictate what happens. And they dictate that because there's people above them telling them what to do. So they there's a narrative being fed down and we're gonna hear what we what they want us to hear. And if, the, if people if people if you put in your subtext here what this podcast entails <laughs> family feminization of males monkeys monkeys with dildos uh, and royal pedophilia <laughs> It's here. We're covering all topics here, mate. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing hidden in this podcast. Oh. But you know, some the topics need to be talked about because of the yeah. topic that get conversations going, whether yeah. you believe it or not, it's still a conversation. And that's yeah. what I want to tell people: conversations need to happen in order for us to expand our thoughts, expand our minds. And that is what's happening today. We're not allowed to have conversations. We're not allowed to have our own opinion. We're allowed yeah. to have a narrative that the, the government approve of, that the social media platforms and mainstream media approve of. And if you don't have that, you're a quack. And they're, shutting down, they're shutting down critical thinking. Well, that's the problem. They don't want critical thinking. If you're, if you're telling me you do not believe there's a communist state coming, then you're insane. Communism is happening. And it's it's like you can actually see there's so much evidence to show on like the, the structures of the way people, like my mate Martin, the guy who's saying he lived in communist republic. You know what you know Martin, don't you? Yeah, uh, Bushcraft dude. Yeah, they, they, you like he he lived 
in Czech Republic in communism. He knew, he remembered the times at all, the, the, the communism was in control, they had fuck all. He is saying that, and I know another guy, Mark Rand, he's the same guy, and the same type of person, they lived in this in communist rule. And these socialists, these young socialists who think that this socialist ideal is the way forward, it's, democratic socialism is pretty, is what I would like to think I am. You know, if you're earning millions, pay the taxes, the taxes trickle down to society, the less well off, and that makes a happier society. Happier society is less trauma, traumatic society, which means a more productive society, which means we're not going to have, we're going to have more money overall, and everyone's going to feel like they belong. What we have at the moment is the top down, the top 1%, and that's what communism is. Communism may be saying like a socialist ideal, but it's not. It's like the leaders get everything and the plebs get fuck all. And that's where we're heading. The communist, the, the CCP is the, the way, look at China, the way China's being run today. That's what we're looking forward to in the next 10 years if we don't fuck our acts up. Do you reckon we're heading towards universal credits here very soon? Fuck me, what do you think furloughs about? Here, take take 80, 80% of your wage but don't work the job you hate. That job is putting you under stress. You know, like you never see your kids, your wife and you never have your relationship. Here, take the 80%. Listen, we're going to go down to 66%. I know it's a bit tough, but you've already adapted the 80%, so it's not too far. And besides, what do you spend your money on? Next thing you know, I mean, you're still not working that job. You're still not in that job you hate. The next step, don't worry about your job. Here's your basic universal income. By the way, get the, get the job. Take that job. There you go. You'll get it. Oh, you want to go? Take your job. You can already see it. It's not going to be compulsory, but you're not going to get this, 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 this certificate. I want to point out that I said that in May and I was laughed at. Boris Johnson said it yesterday, two days ago. No, uh, I've just posted about it on my Instagram tonight. He says this this is the stuff that conspiracy theorists were laughed at a year ago and, this, and now it's coming to fruition. And well, he says it's, uh, it's, it's open for discussion this week in Parliament. So not only would you need a, a vaccine passport to travel, you're going to need va- uh, vaccine identification to get on the concerts and sporting events. Like that's that's fucking. For me, that is a world. That's a first world problem. Mm. Like I really, what I'll never see a concert again. Fuck, how terrible! I'll still have my DNA intact. That'll be yeah. me after. Do you know I won't go on holiday? Okay, no problem. I've got a camper van. I'll just drive. Can't get insurance. Fuck you. I'll drive illegally. Same with a camper. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll I'll miss elements to that there, but I'm going to sit tight and see how all this plays out because uh, shit's going to hit the fan. It has to. I will never get the vaccine. I will tell you that right now. I'll say that I would rather die than be told what I have to do with my own body. Exactly. Then it's my decision to die. You know that. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave a, a message on my Instagram stories tomorrow once that polls up. Now I, I put a poll up on Instagram, basically saying, uh, do, "Do you feel that vaccines should be mandatory for travel or for concerts and stuff like that?" Now, how fucked up is the world that people like me and you are being told that we are a strain on the health service and the NHS, and when we have looked after our bodies, our our, our whole lives, and we have built strong and healthy communities. That, that is the whole purpose. That's our whole mission statement is to build healthy people. But now we are deemed a threat to the rest of society because we have built our immune systems up the natural way. My only my only real thing about the, the NHS is I have got a hip replacement. But yeah. I've been working since I was 18. So I've been paying taxes. So yeah. I've paid I, for it. And, 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 on, 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 on another story, Matt Hancock fucking hands millions to his mates. Exactly. Just, 
EPE uh, for a company that's never dealt in PP in their life, but yet that's not being talked about. But it's the likes of me and you that are walking in the shops that maybe aren't wearing a mask. We're going in to grab a coffee, but we are fucking we are the we are the the vermin, the society at the minute. It's nuts, man. So tell me, that's right. We've been bitching about them, being been ranting and getting her to get it off her chest. What's the solution? How do we get society back into a place where, like, th- this has been a year of fear, right? A yeah. year of the same message. And they've shown that there was it Russia in the 60s done an experiment two months. It took two months of the same message to brainwash the masses. So yeah. this has been this has been a 12-month job of fear. And I do remember back in this time last year, we were seeing photographs of China of healthy young men with masks lying dead in the street. That's yeah. what we thought was coming. So before even lockdown happened, we were getting this message, this ideal of what our ideas are, of what was coming to us. It had me shitting myself. I thought my mum and dad were going to die. I was yeah. thinking I was going to die. I was like, fuck, I am 43. I'm 42, 43. I'm come that age. There's guys I hear, they're healthier. Dan, we were told this lie. We're all, we're all the same. We're all the same. But we get ourselves, my, my plan doesn't change. My plan is the same as what it's always been. It goes back to our point earlier on, talking about virtue signaling and worrying about what's going on in America and what's going on over in England. My um, the emphasis for me is always going to be on myself, number one, and my family. Look after my, my own. Look after my own tribe. We're talking about a tribe. So if I can get, if I can keep myself fit, then I'm fit for purpose. If I can look, if I can uh, instill good traits in my family. If I'm lucky enough to have children and my children and my friend circle, and then I'm a gym and my wider community and the stuff that I'm doing with South Shore. Where are all these people that are uh, all these social justice warriors? Where, where are they not getting involved in stuff that's happening in their own community? They can make uh, such an effort to get to get uh, people around them fit and healthy. So my my plan is not going to change. My plan is going to keep it localized, uh, get everybody, uh, get as many people as I can in a positive frame of mind and a and a good healthy body. And if it goes further, then uh, and you 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 know you help someone that wants to go into politics or you want, so be it. But right now, the, the focus should be on what's what's around you, not worrying about what's going on in America and, and the wider world. The reason why people aren't doing what you're saying they're doing is because it's easier to just have a wee bitch on Facebook. It no, makes you feel better. It's, again, it, it comes down to if everyone would look inside themselves and seen their own faults instead of pointing out everyone else's faults, this world would be a lot happier. Yeah. You know, if we were able to take criticism and not be offended by it, not be hurt by it, and actually go inside ourselves and wonder, well, why did that word trigger me? Why did that, what he said or she said, why did it make me so angry? Why did I get so emotional about that? Would we have a global, would we have a, a supposed global pandemic if we all took uh, accountability and responsibility for our own lives and we, we kept ourselves in reasonable shape? You know, you only need to look at, you only need to look at the correlation between obesity and the death rate. Why are governments not pushing this health message? Why, like in a full year, in a in a solid year, when we know that this this virus will only, if will mostly not only, sorry, it's wrong, will mostly affect people who have it's mostly killed people with two point on average two point six other elements, other obesity rate, etc. And a lot of these illnesses, by the way, are lifestyle illnesses, curable illnesses, they can be manageable illnesses. Why was there no push towards getting people healthy? Like the government could have quite easily 
pushed everyone, get you outside, get walking, get fit. Here's incentives to do this. There was no incentive to get fit. There's been no incentive to get fit. Why don't the government, instead of pumping all this thousands and billions in the NHS to, to combat the obesity epidemic, or pandemic, actually, this is worldwide. It's simple because there, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be as much fear, and without fear, there's no control. And you mean there's also not business for the big pharma because there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no money made in healthy people, and this like, actually you don't need. Why can't people see this? What, what is like? What am I saying? Like, I sometimes question. Do you ever find yourself questioning yourself because of the the, the madness? You're going like, am I the crazy one? Yep. And then you back and like, but you're not because the governments could quite easily solve this problem if they put better education in the schools, better healthcare in the schools, made sure that the kids that need the food get the food and get the support. Like when when the parents are when the single mother parents are forced to go to did you watch that spotlight the other night and your woman had to choose between fourteen pound between electricity or heat? What the fuck? We live in a society twenty twenty first century and in a in a in a civilized world and there's single mothers couldn't go to a hospital appointment because they couldn't afford the petrol or the three days isolation when she went there. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I'm, the, I'm the conspiracy theorist for pointing this out. No. And it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's getting the health service in trouble. It's, it's the isolation rules and the, the, the rules yeah. around COVID. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the hospitals um, come sort of winter time. They're, they're always, uh, busy and if you add the you add the pandemic on top of it it's it's only magnified it but the amount of stupid rules that have kept perfectly healthy doctors and nurses and healthcare staff away from sick patients is a disgrace. I can think of six at least six at least six doctors and nurses who have told me privately that they disagree with everything's bullshit but they can't, they can't say it because if they do they're gonna lose their job. I'm the same the amount of people that have said uh, the amount of people have messaged me on Instagram saying I completely agree with you. Um, I wish I could speak out uh, against this, but they're 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 being gag. They're being gag. They can. And I, I, I'm bru- I have actually said to them all. I said, well, do you know something? You're complicit in this problem because I get it. Your your job and all this stuff. But if if every one of you in this industry have that opinion, mm-hmm. then the government narratives would be pushed. If all the doctors and all the nurses and all the things came out and said, it's there's people down, but it's not like that. The, the reason that the reason the, the NHS is overrun is because it's been underfunded for 10 years. Yeah. More than 10 years. Like, this is a government, and this is a man-made problem. The, the, we can't deny this. This is, you're trying to say the virus is like a natural occurrence. I don't believe that virus is natural occurring, by the way. I think it's manipulated. But that's my personal opinion. I'll put that out there. That's my personal opinion based on what I've learned. But the reality is we have got a virus. We have got an issue here. And we have got an underfunded government that is... Are underfunded NHS that's purposely been underfunded, and now we're reaping the fucking problem. Yeah, you know? it's 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 a it's a um deflection politics. The the blame has been put onto the 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 working man and woman, and uh, the government the government just can't accept it, and they never will. And that's what's uh, that's what's annoying me because it's like what you said earlier, Paul. It's it's about divide and conquer. They've managed the. Flip the coin so everyone on the streets are turned against each other. This is this has caused more division than what the troubles ever has. What I find really crazy is people are saying, you know, the government using this like, listen, we're all in this together, all this sound bites, you know, build back better, in this yeah. together, you know, stay safe, wash your hands, all this type of stuff. The future, they're they're painting a picture of if we all come together, we will get through this and we will be stronger for it, blah, blah, blah. 
but we know we're not going to be. But the reality is, if we all came together and we all loved each other the way we love our children, the way we love our parents, the way we love our loved our, our wife, our husband, if we all treated strangers the exact same way, this society would not be the way it is today. Yeah. You know, the problem is we hate other people because we've been taught to hate these people. And then I'm we trust these people. But I'm if you Alaska. Yeah, here, I can't wait. I'm I'm doing it in April or May. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do it in April or May. I can't wait to do it. I really want to experience this. I'm gonna do three journeys and uh see how fucking fucked up my head really is. I'll come back and I'll be kissing everyone, fucking hugging everyone. Fuck the COVID rules. I'll be giving everyone hugs and hey man, I love you. Once you yeah. but that's the thing. I'm going, I, I know that my problems are within me. You're not the problem. The people I'm fighting on Facebook isn't the problem. They're the problem is they hate themselves and I hate myself, and we're we're clashing and we're we're not able to like see the way we're we're engaging, even though it's on a screen. We're able to talk, we're able to listen, and if we disagree, it doesn't matter because yeah. it's it's conversation. The problem is on Facebook when you're a weak keyboard warrior and you're like fuck you're an asshole. If you had to see if the see if the, you knew that you were gonna have to say what you wrote on Facebook to the person's face. Yeah. I guarantee you would not fucking write half that stuff. I can guarantee it. Because there's too many guys out there. Too many guys out there have never been punched in the face. That's the problem. We're in a society where you can't, oh, fucking, what it's like, you, you go to hit someone, you're like, go ahead, I dare you, hit me. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, the, the good thing about punching someone in the face was, it was done. You know, you, you're for, you're from fighting background like I am. When someone done your tits in the gym, you made sure you sparred that person. <laughs> and you fucking maybe went about 30-40% harder on each other but mm. afterwards you smiled and laughed because you both knew you were getting fucked off at each other and that got their aggression gone got, their, got rid of everything and you could see the person for who they were again and all the bullshit you built up in your own head had disappeared good and old the, good old fast and straightener or good solid grappling rounds is hard to hard to beat because gets all that negative energy out of you and you know what I mean it's left in the gym how many times have you have you honestly just just curious? How many times have you really had something against someone in the gym? Just, just you know, they're grating on you. It's like they're the old time, and you end up either he beats the shit out of you, you beat the shit out of each other, or it's a real close fight. But at the end of it, you just sort of smirk and laugh because you both know. You know that's it's just mutual mutual respect. Yeah, yeah. Fist, 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 there was one guy. When I was before my hip replacement, one guy was slobbering like fucking me, and I just—I'm not going to mention him. Wouldn't do that, but he done my tits in, and I just lost the plan. I went fuck it right in the cage, and I—I I took him down, and I punched. If I got so angry, and, I, and afterwards I got out of the cage, and right, that's it done. We we're friends again. And he laughed. And he was like, "Fuck, I don't think I'm going to do that." And I was like, "Fuck, you've been doing my tits in," but that punching, that beating, I, <laughs> it was able to get it out. We were able to sort that out, and we were laughing in our head off five minutes later. Yeah. Because we got rid of the aggression, but the energy changed, and that's what people need to understand. The the way where society is built today, it's holding everyone in a plate, place of stress and fear, and and we could just pretty easily get rid of it if everyone just punches each other in the face. That's <laughs> just just walk around, fuck you. <laughs> but you know punch, what I mean. Punch each other first, and then go into ayahuasca together. <laughs> Controlled aggression. Yeah. Controlled and and a. Like where you can get rid of that, you you can take it out in the person that you believe is causing the problem. They're willingly doing that, but it's not like you're bullying them. You're and there's always a way out. Tap, you know, I'm out. It's done. I submit. The egos are beaten. The egos are dissolved, and you, you'll you'll probably have a 
bit of clarity in your mind going, fuck, I was a dick. And a lot of times I've actually, like that time I done that guy, I, Tim is there, I apologised, because I yeah. knew that it was me, him just getting at me, getting at me. He, what he was doing was he was pushing me, going, you're shit. I fucking, like, and they just call me, you know, uh, dodgeball, you know, it's like, the guy says he could dodge a spanner in the wheelchair. That's what he was slinging me, and it was just driving me insane because I couldn't grapple, and I was like, fuck. But I know that was me getting let my anger get over him, so I apologised to him. But he was pushing me to the point where he wanted me to bite him, where he wanted me to bite. So, but it was sorted, and that's what I'm trying to get at people. That's it. You can sort things out. But anything else there, or we'll just leave it there. I mean, that was a good hour and a half talking. I'm happy enough, man. That was a rabbit hole after rabbit hole there, like. Here I told you I did say this. This is this is gonna go fucking one one or two ways. It went the second way. <laughs> you were you were encouraging me to smoke a joint beforehand too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had whiskey, so I thought I'd have you do something. But Darren, mate, thank you very much for coming on. That was a great chat, and I'll get you on Monday another day. I'd like to talk more maybe about uh your business next time. Next time on, you'd like to talk more about how the business is going and yeah. the way. Have we ever get open again? What? Have we ever get opened again? Oh, we'll get open, mate. Don't you worry. It's happening. It's happening. Until the 11th of April, and we're told it's going to be until May again. What do you see? Yeah. But, mate, thank you very much. That was a great chat. No and worries. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, Bye. buddy.